This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 188. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. On bonus episode 188, it is time for listener reviews for Movie Club as part of Challenge Teapot's August 2019. That's right, we are doing our jaunt right now through Asian Horror Cinema and I picked a nice, easily accessible movie which is available exclusively on Shudder at the moment. The movie I asked you to look at was Satan's Slaves and we will be listening to what you guys, in record numbers by the way, put forward for your reviews and your thoughts and musings on that movie after the first break. But before we get to that, as always, let's just recap what's happening under the stairs this week, just so you know what I'm giving, the goods I'm delivering right to your front door. We kicked off right on Monday with the uh, <laughs> 1995 as part of the Summer Teapot's Top 10 Series 90s edition. This is obviously your Thursday episode. Um, tomorrow you get your round up of the month that was August 2019. And then on Saturday we celebrate our sixth birthday in style with a little in reverence review where I'm looking at Under the Skin. Very excited to be talking about that movie because I fucking love it. And then, if all that wasn't enough on that recording, I will be performing a live Ouija board seance. Now, I will say this, I'm starting to get more uh, trepidatious as I'm approaching it because the Baz has put the fear of God up me and everyone else is like, yeah, that's not going to be a bad idea. And then some people are like, oh, it's really exciting. I hope you reach someone on the other side. I don't want to reach anyone on the other side because I don't believe on anything on the other side. So if something does manage to come through, uh, that will terrify the bejesus out of me. So I'm just saying, what I'm looking forward to is, is a really boring segment, which is uneventful and nothing happens, so at least we can say we tried it. But that will be happening as part of our sixth year anniversary on Saturday. And then on Sunday, oh, sweet, sweet Sunday, we'll be reviewing Scarecrows as part of the 88 Films Slasher Classic series of reviews. A very goofy, strange little movie that I had not seen before. I sat down and watched it earlier this week and recorded my review. So that's your lineup for the rest of the week and obviously on this upcoming Monday we kick right into 1996 very close to the end now of the Summer Teapot's Top 10 series hopefully you enjoy it 96 a big fucking year some heavy heavy hitters on that episode and some great guests joining me as well so a lot to look forward to right we take a very short break just now you are going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for Satan's Slaves and when we return it's your thoughts, your musings and most importantly your reviews coming right up right after this. Hello this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking America. 
We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's gotta go. <laughs> That's gotta go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? <laughs> we got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. Tony sisirin ya, Bu. Rambut Ibu kenapa? Ibu! Uni sama Ian boleh pindah kamar gak? Dari luar jendela kelihatan areal perkuburan. Di kuburan kan cuma ada orang mati. Tak orang mati nggak bahaya. Kalau memang itu ibu, kita bilang sama dia supaya nggak ganggu kita lagi. Hey there, Duncan and everyone. It's me, Bo, doing a review uh, of Satan Slaves, as requested. And uh, I don't have a re review song. Hey, it's Bo, it's me, doing a review. Dun, dun. Anyway, Satan Slaves uh, is a great movie. Um, it is the the tale, of course, of a an aging and fading music star whose family is, you know, kind of run out of all the music money and she's about to die. And then some spooky shit starts popping off. Uh, it's great. A lot of people have compared it to the conjuring and I would agree with that. I would say Satan slaves is the conjuring movie. I like all the way through. Um, I think it is a movie that the scares start off as sort of, background scares and then they become jump scares and then, then it becomes a little more esoteric 
it also has one of the best scenes of a dude, slight spoilers, getting run over by a bus that I have ever seen. It is really something. But the movie kind of builds to a crescendo in a way that I found more satisfying than some of the James Wan films, which are the easy comparisons to this because it's trafficking in the same sort of, you know, supernatural goings on in the midst of a family sort of thing. But I think it's it, it's incredibly successful. It's actually genuinely scary. I think the end lands well. I just think it's a tremendous movie. Uh, one of my favorites from uh, from the year it came out. So anyway, that's my take on Satan Slaves. What about you? And welcome back. And thank you very much to Bo Ransdell for his review. Now, the reason I flung Bo's review up front is to shame him. Shame Bo Ransdell, who did not give us a Netflix grade because he's like, fuck your rules, Duncan. I don't play by your rules. I march to the beat of my own drum. And that drum is not played by Duncan, it's played by Bo. Uh, Bo also for... Well, he, he didn't do the mission, did he? He didn't recommend the non-Asian horror movie to pair it, but it is always great to hear from my compadre. If you like Bo and you want to hear more of me, you should go across and check out Duncan and Bo Come Correct. Uh, we are currently working our way through Mindhunter Season 2, and that's available exclusively on Legion Podcast Network. But let's turn our head, our attention, to find out what some more of the listeners made out. So here we go, this one came in from our good buddy Don Anelli. Don says, for this edition of Movie Club, I feel great about the fact that I somewhat had a hand in spreading the news about this film in America as and a humble brag here, I was among the first people in America to see this and do a review as my write-up for the film was only the third review on IMDb and the only one in English when it was published. As for the film itself, Satan Slaves is a fantastic effort that has a lot to like. Its technical qualities are its best asset, where the film gets fantastic scares of showing mundane tasks the family has to perform around the house that works incredibly well with the old school hauntings in the film. These set the stage for its terrifying second half that ramps up the supernatural action yet keeping in the ghost hauntings. As well, the exploitation of the Muslim religion against satanic rituals needed to be performed, the occult rites mentioned here creates a strong contrast within the scenes as the source of the horror, letting the horror come forth from the subversion of these themes into familiar grims which let this sink into a foreign audience. This may be far more complicated than it needs to be with some unanswered questions. None of these are detrimental enough to really make much of an impact here though, meaning this one scores a 4.5 out of 5 on the Netflix scale. Just a few of those issues knocking it down. Thank you very much to our buddy Gore. Um, Gore Lord 84 is what he's known on there uh, but our good buddy uh, Don and Ellie who swung in his review for that one there Don didn't decide to do the second part of the challenge to uh, pair it with a non-Asian horror film technically Bo did Bo was talking a lot about The Conjuring and all the rest but I'm not going to give him that because I will be damned I will be dead and fucking buried in the ground before I give Bo Ransdell any level of props fuck that guy um, <laughs> so uh, let's swing this around uh, let's do another audio review um, let's do an audio review from our good buddy David Garrett Jr. David says Hey there Duncan and Teapot listeners 
David Garrett Jr. back again for August 2019 Movie Club Challenge. Staying with films from Asian countries, this time moving down to Indonesia with Joko Anwar's Satan Slaves. Now, I remember when this film came out, I'd heard a bunch of podcasts talking about it, and I actually had it on my year-end roundup of list of films to see for the year. But for whatever reason, I just didn't get to it before the year ended. I still had it on my list of horror films I needed to check out still. Now, I'm going to show my hand a little bit early, as this film does a lot of things that freak me out. The cinematography of this film is great. It actually breaks the rules where we should have whatever we're focusing on in the center of the screen. I don't mind this, as the film builds tension by having things in the background, and I really love that this film can utilize the whole screen, even when there isn't anything actually going on. It still builds tense, tension in us thinking that it will. There are some solid use of mirrors in this film as well. Uh, something else that this film has that I really love is cults. Cults both scare and fascinate me at the same time. I like that this film doesn't play its hand too early with that. Um, it really builds suspense and mystery by giving us spooky things throughout to keep it from getting stale, while also giving us pieces to the story. It also explains a lot while doing this. If there's anything that I would have a negative toward the film is I would want to know more about this cult that we kind of learned just a little bit about. The acting of this one really worked for me, especially from our lead, Tara Basro. She really is the glue that keeps his family together after the mother dies. Their father goes off to find work in the city while he is charged her with caring for the children. Her brother Tony is more of a free spirit who does help, but he's not always there. Rennie is a bit young for all of this responsibility, as bad things tend to happen when she's away. I also really like this idea with Ian that he uses sign language to communicate. Um, as it goes on and the haunting becomes worse, he has changes that come over him that, even though are pretty subtle, were something that I caught on to and I really enjoyed as an idea. So with that said, I had a blast with this film, to the point where, I'm going to be perfectly honest, I was a little nervous to go to bed that night. This one is a is definitely one that I'll need to come back to for sure. The ghosts are pretty scary looking. I love the mystery and the backstory that unfolds here. My rating for this film would be a 4.5 out of 5, and will most likely go up after another viewing. Now, for a film to pair with this one as a double feature, I had a lot of them go through my head when I was watching it, and then one hit me, um, I would say about 30 minutes in. As this movie continued, though, I had another one pop in my head, and I decided to which one would I choose between the two. I think that the one that I would pair with this for this double feature would be um, taking the idea of this mysterious cult and the use of practical effects we saw in Satan's Slaves. So I'm going to go with 2016's The Void. I had a great time with this film, and thank you, Duncan, for selecting it. Uh, can't wait for the episode and next month's selection. This is David Garrett Jr. signing off. And thanks to David for sending in his review. So another 4.5, scoring quite high on this one thus far. Uh, David suggesting that we pair this one with The Void. That's actually a good shout. Um, I think Satan Slaves is a far superior film, but it, I can see the, the, the link between the two. Uh, personally, I think the obvious choice, even though people are talking about The Conjurer and all the rest, I actually think the one that 
kind of most mirrors the mundane aspects of things happening in the foreground while creepy shit's happening in the background would be Exorcist 3 um, but that's all I've got to say and to be honest this is your episode and not mine so I will shut the fuck up and uh, we'll jump on to our next one which is a submission from Alicia Newman Alicia says Hey Duncan, Alicia here from The Occupied Mind I am sending in my very first movie club review It's always been on my bucket list, yet I always seem to forget to send it in. Uh, This month I watched Satan's Slaves on Shudder, and I would give it like a two and a half out of five. I liked it. Um, it, like I jumped a couple of times, I thought that there were a couple of jumps, but uh, I don't know, I kind of felt... I don't know. It was it dragged a little bit for me. I thought that the the storyline was a little sagging in the middle and I didn't I don't know. There was just something about it that didn't thrill me. It didn't keep me entertained. Um I found myself looking at my phone throughout the movie and it that's a big indicator for me. Like if you can't keep me from looking at my phone, then I'm kind of not really interested in the movie. I did, I, like, the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie were okay. It was the middle that I didn't care for. As far as pairing it with a non-Asian film, that one was kind of hard because everyone was posting what they would do and everyone was kind of posting the ones that I would do. So I thought about it and I kept, and... There's two, and one I feel is, like, kind of a cheat. But um, because of the aspects of ghosts and family, I would think that maybe pairing it with the others, with Nicole Kidman, might work. That could be a bit of a stretch. Or possibly the American remake of The Grudge. Again, stretching it a little bit. And I don't know if that's cheating because it's an American remake of an Asian film. But uh, everybody else was picking the ones that I would have picked. So I wanted to be different and not have the same answer. So those are the two that I would choose. But yeah, I would give it a two and a half out of five. That's all. Thanks. And a big thanks to Alicia for sending in her review. So scoring lower there, 2.5, and pairing it with the others is actually a good shout as well. And to be honest, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Is an American remake of an Asian horror film a conflict? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because it's American made and they change the grudge considerably specifically in the way that the narrative's told linear time is completely different in that American remake so yeah I think that is a fair shout uh, and nothing shall be held over you for selecting that as if you took an easy way out Um, thank you very much for submitting that and Alicia it's always great to hear from you we don't often get a chance to hear your voice out with notwithstanding your brand new podcast that people should go and check out The Occupied Mind it's kind of awesome and uh, yeah go and check it out you have nothing else that you need to do right now when this podcast finishes except go and check out the six or seven episodes she's got out over there so go show some love and um, yeah that's what we do we support our own on podcasts under the stairs thank you very much for sitting in that review and right let's jump to some more written reviews now this is going to be interesting because i did say that eventually this day would happen 
um, and I didn't know if I would ever be ready for it. But it has finally happened, ladies and gents. It has finally happened, so strap yourself in because we're about to go and do Tim Walker's and this is a positive Tim Walker review on the same recorded episode as a positive Donna Nelly review. So that's right, cats and dogs living together in harmony. Tim Walker says, Hello Duncan and Teapots people. Satan Slaves released in 2017 in its native country and got an international release last October. We're still in Asia, but this time over in Indonesia, which doesn't have too many horror films, but what ones they do have tended to be pretty good. I recognise the director of this month's movie, Joko Anwar, as the writer-director of a pretty solid survival horror film from a few years back called The Ritual. I believe it's on Shudder, like this one, though it may not still be there, or it may only be in Shudder in the US. Satan Slaves is a loose remake of a 1982 Indonesian horror film called, wait for it, Satan Slaves, or at least that's what the English translation's title for it. I still have it on DVE and I got to put it out in the mid-2000s, part of a double bill with a martial arts horror film from Hong Kong. I did enjoy that one, though it was certainly not a major classic or anything. This movie is set around the same time period as the first one, which I presume is not an accident or a coincidence. It's a haunted house movie, but this one incorporates more influences than the 1982 film, as one would expect. That one seemed to be heavily inspired by Poltergeist and the Amityville Horror, though there was one scene that was clearly taken from the vampire outside the window scene in Salem's Lot. They seemed to put a lot into a blender and then add some pro-Islam stuff at the end. That may possibly have been to appease the censors at the time. I could be wrong, but I think Indonesia has a right-wing dictatorship at the time, and folks like that are never fans of the horror genre. The filmmakers probably had to add some pro-religious propaganda in there to get the film made and distributed. This new film didn't need to go there. There's a bit of religion and spirituality, but it's not overbearing and obviously put in there to kiss ass with the right-wing religious censors like the first film. The influences of this film seem to be ghost or haunted house movies from around the world. There's just as much Ring or Geon as Insidious and The Conjuring tossed in here. Plus, I'm sure there's something of the Indonesian culture alone, but I'm afraid I'm not educated enough on that subject to see which parts. Well, I saw this one last year when it first dropped on Shudder as part of my 31 days of Halloween. I recall enjoying it, but not thinking too highly of it. I was a bit surprised when quite a few of my fellow horror fans were really high on this one and I rated it near the and they rated it near the top of their end of year lists. I'll be waiting to see it again to find out what they were seeing that I had missed. So I was happy to see this one picked as this month's movie. I could kill two birds with one stone as it were. I saw it twice this time, which I normally don't do, but I wanted to be sure about my opinion. Don't worry, I still like it. I think the movie holds up just fine to repeat watches. Still don't get why some people were so high on this one, but to be fair, I feel the same way about the Conjuring films. I enjoy most of them as fun popcorn movies, but I don't get what the big deal is. There's a little odd... <laughs> that's a little odd in itself because I've always loved haunted house movies, uh, but the most recent examples haven't quite blown me away. One possible exception might be another film that came out last October, Terrified. I love the hell out of that one, and it's a rare example of a movie that genuinely scared me, or at least on my first watch. 
Can't really think of any negatives with this one. There are plenty of positives, most notably the cinematography. I love the look of it. Everything is dark and drab, but kind of sleek at the same time, if that makes sense. Also, despite the darkness, you can see everything pretty well. They didn't overdo it. Acting is solid, the jump scares are pretty well timed, although I suppose some of them didn't make any sense. That's the case with a lot of ghost movies though, and including some of my favourites, so it wouldn't be unfair to expect this one to be totally logical while giving the other ones a pass. On the first watch, I'm pretty sure I gave this one a 3.5 out of 5 stars. I'm now at a 4 out of 5 stars. It's a pretty solid haunted house movie. If you're in the mood for that kind of thing, this one really hits the spot. And while I'm not as high on Satan Slaves as others, I do really like it. What I would pair with this movie as a double feature that is not also an Asian horror film. Well, I guess the easy thing to do would be to pick an American or Canadian haunted house movie. But I think I'll head over to Italy. I would pick Lucio Fulci's infamous house by the cemetery. By the way, Tim, see when I read that the first time round, I got fucking wood. I was like, yes, Tim, fucking preach. Anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> one, it's a haunted house movie. Two, it came out of at the same time as Satan Slaves is set. And three, it has children in peril and the children seeing ghosts that are not at first believed by their family. They're still kind of different, but similar enough where I think a double feature would work pretty well. Well there, a nice positive review, not over the moon, but I did really like it. Hopefully I'll dig next month's movie as much or more. We'll see, take care, Duncan in the teapots, folk. Tim. So there we go, we have achieved it. Tim and Don Voltroning up. Um, only a 0.5 separating their grade, and that's a fucking great shout by the way. House by the Cemetery and Satan's Slaves is a total bounty, 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 fucking killer double bill. So well done to our buddy Tim Walker for sending that one in. Always great to hear from you, sir, and glad that we could get something that, you know, made you smile, put a spring in your step, all the above, either or, neither or. Uh, right, let's jump to our buddy Derek Bourgeois. He says, he Teapots listeners and Duncan, Derek B from Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, No More Room in Hell and The Cinema Attack. Back up in this movie club thing. The movie we'll be talking about is 2017 Satan Slaves. Well, what can I say about Satan Slaves? It's pretty gnarly. I love that the tension starts as the film progresses and that the characters are not safe from the jump of things. The mystery is going on is pretty rad, especially when the bigger picture is revealed. From the awesome atmosphere to the batshit ending, I cannot see any horror fan not digging some aspects of this film. Plus, unlike the film it's compared to, which is The Conjuring, it has the balls to kill people in pretty messed up ways. For that, I'm going to say this flick went up for me in my rewatch, from liking it to loving it, is a 5 out of 5. Now, a non-Asian horror movie I would pair this with. Probably something batshit and awesome like 1975's The Devil's Reign for the cult aspects and the batshit ending. Can't wait to hear what everyone else thought of this piece of awesomeness. Thank you very much for submitting that in, Derek. There you go. I don't think I've ever seen The Devil's Reign. And I feel like I need to rectify that. So I think you might have to come under the stairs, Derek. And me and you might have to sit down and rectify that. 
rectify it and uh, get on that shit. Uh, but thank you very much for submitting in your review. Let's turn to another listener one. This is from Bill Babcock. He says, Satan Slaves is a horror movie that takes itself very seriously. It seemed untroubled by the usual plot holes and inconsistencies of many modern tales of horror as it grows on the watcher, seemingly undeniable in its legends and truths, unaware that it's re-energising a subgenre as old and worn out as they come. This is a second watch for me and this time I understood better the red beans and the connection to the undead or the shepherds in this film. There's so much imagery that is distinctly Indonesian lending the film another layer of realness. From the look of the cemetery and the mounds marking and then recently departed to the preparation of food, the rural sites and the backdrops and the casual practice of in-home Islam instead of Christianity. A few cultural icons such as the child's viewfinder toy date this to the early 1980s, adding the nostalgia layer as does the backmasking on the hidden track of the record, which plays ominous chanting when played backwards, a throwback to the heydays of the satanic panic. The story isn't new, but the way it's presented, so matter of fact, made me feel like I was experiencing each and new escalating horror with the protagonist and not just watching them deal with it. All of the practical effects and all different ways they showed uh, that there was a ghost in the room. The hallway scene with the sheep gets me every time. All the actors were top-notch, the soundtrack was appropriately creepy. The only time I caught myself mid-eye roll was when they brought the spooky factor to the old well in the back room of the house. What is it with Asian movies and wells? But it worked and I ended up loving that part too. Can't recommend this film enough. It's a 4.5 out of 5 stars for me. Thank you very much, Bill, for submitting in your reviews. Always great to hear from you. I know you are a busy guy and sometimes are like, I always keep missing these deadlines, but you got this one in right on time and it was great to read it. So thank you very much for doing that. Right, where are we going to go next? That's the question. Where are we going to go next? I think maybe some Rafael Fernandez. Let's bring in the thunder from our buddy, Rafael. He says, Satan Slaves. So right off the bat, scene one in the record executive's office, I hope that actor got to take home that shirt. Dude rocked it. I don't think I'm insular. I enjoy other culture cinema. But Indonesia wasn't on my radar to offer such a slick-looking modern horror film that seriously competes with the genre entries from its regional rivals. But Joko Anwar's Satan Slaves was one of my favorite horror films of the year in which it debuted on Shudder, 2018. P.S. South America has something to say about that too, but that's another story. And speaking of story, the plot to Satan Slaves, though somewhat formulaic, is set forth from a brilliantly simple but effective premise. A diabolical deal that sacrifices the youngest child on his or her seventh birthday in return for a mother's fertility. At the beginning of the film, a mother, a former recording artist, is mysteriously ill and has been worsening for some years. While her family, her husband and their four kids, Rini, Tony, Bondi, and Ian, have practically gone broke trying to cure her. The father has mortgaged his mother's house, whom they've moved in with, to repay the hospital debts. Maybe there's a social justice message there for those who are so inclined. In my mind, the mother's illness and its consequences were a classic case of should have read the fine print before treating with agents of evil. 
All the family drama in the first act was well done. In particular, Bondi's reaction to being chastised for not doing his part to check up on his mother's needs. Watching a parent deteriorate is hard for anyone, but I imagine it's especially so for a kid. At least, that's what I got out of his reluctance. We get the first great scare during a dream sequence slash divine warning when Rini responds to her mother's bell ringing during the night, finds her out of bed and standing at the window, only to also see her in bed ringing her bell in distress at the supernatural imposter. Fantastic. But after their mother dies, the kids are haunted by her spirit. Or that's the working theory until the truth is learned. And all of the scares in Satan's slaves were very well done, and realized with in-camera techniques and makeup effects. Always a plus in my book. We get some supporting characters like Eustod, a village elder, I think, who has a favorite role of mine in these kinds of films, making judgmental comments. Um, I've never seen your family in the mosque. It's because we don't pray, Ustad. Oh. Hey, I mean, praying's for church, huh? Come on. I haven't seen you in church lately. <laughs> well, I haven't seen you at the Sunday services lately. Oh, you want yeah, the well, I... or the regular? Plus his son Hendra, who, in his quest to bone Rini, though he does go about it in the traditional classy way, becomes entangled in the family's ordeal and dies a death worthy of those graphic driver's ed videos. Then there's the grandmother who sacrifices herself, in my mind, by drowning in the well, knowing that her family is going to need a supernatural ally to fight supernatural evil. And finally Budiman, a crackpot investigative journalist, I guess, who fulfills the role of the exposition provider. The tension that builds once Bondi is afflicted with a compulsion to kill his younger brother was unexpected, and helps keep the middle of the film interesting. I actually expected dealing with Bondi's condition to be the main conflict of the rest of the film. When will he snap and make the attempt? Will he need an exorcism? Really, the family's cohesion being threatened, sibling bonds being strained, and a child threatened with abduction was the core of this. That was weird. But it does segue into something that bothered me about the film. The scene where Rini discovers a hidden track of backwards chanting on her mother's record was a bit hokey. I mean, it was fine. It didn't ruin the film. But I more expect it from a movie like The Gate. I do like the song, though. I went back and forth with my feelings about Budiman's contribution to the plot. On the first watch of the movie, nothing about it bothered me. But the second watch occurred a few weeks after having seen Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I got a bee in my bonnet from that film about characters receiving critical information without performing the investigation to earn it. So it bugged me when Budiman volunteers out of nowhere, here's a second article on the cult, and it overrides my previous article. It just seemed like such a contrivance. The worst in the movie. There's no explanation on how he knows what he knows. Maybe they could have had some dialogue about some personal vendetta he has against the cult. Maybe a family member of his was also a victim. But to be honest, on the third and subsequent watches, I put that out of my mind. I did like the effort that Tony put in to make sense of what was going on. The finale was a bit weaker than I'd like. The revelation that Eon isn't deaf and dumb at all, or his transformation as the evil inside him took over, was just okay. It didn't have as much impact as I thought it should have, even with the music cue that said it should. I think it comes down to the child actor not pulling off the change. 
I did like the undead attack, but I think I would have liked the Fulci-esque dead rising from their grave sequence just prior to it. Until Duncan had mentioned it during the announcement episode, I didn't know Satan Slaves was a remake of an earlier film, Pengabdi Satan from 1980. So I checked that out as well on YouTube, and although it's in Indonesian without subtitles, and a review is out of scope, there were some points from it that add to the discussion of this film. 1. Any religious message in Satan Slaves, for those who want to infer one, is much more subtle in the remake than in the original. There are a few lines that reference turning to God for help, but ultimately the evil is not defeated despite traditional religious remedies, which is in keeping with what I think a modern and international audience want to see from their horror. But the original beats you over the head with a call to action to get your butt to mosque, following a finale where the villain or undead minions are defeated by the power of prayer. Literally. That being said, both films are similar in that the faithlessness of the family contributes to their vulnerability. 2. According to the Wikipedia entry for the original film, that I had to cheat a bit due to the language barrier, the woman of the couple in the final scene of the 2017 film is the same character who was the villain in the original, which gives that ending a whole new meaning. However, my first watch of the remake was in complete ignorance of the original, and I just thought of that scene as the family out of the frying pan and into the fire, so to speak, with their fate being uncertain. All in all, after reconsidering my feelings about some of the story elements, I'd give Satan Slaves a 4.5 out of 5. It was a bit formulaic, but it's a formula that works, and I was completely satisfied by the story and scares. Now, what non-Asian film would I pair it with? There's better films like Rosemary's Baby that are stronger candidates, but I'm going with The Void from 2016, based on the gossamer link of The Cultist Siege. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm looking forward to hearing everyone else's takes on Satan Slaves and next month's film. And thank you very much to Raphael. Always a pleasure hearing your ones. I I could listen to you read the phone book. <laughs> That's how happy I am. I just get lost in your reviews. They're really, really, really good. Um, there we go. Another 4.5 out of motherfucking 5 for Satan Sleeves. And while we're at it, how weird is that? Both you and David Garrett Jr. doubling down on the void as your non-Asian horror pairing for that movie so there we go very unusual that the two years would land on a movie which like I say when you spell it out it makes total fucking sense but at the time I was like huh uh, kind of like you know totally confused um, but uh, I'm, I'm glad that you went down that road anyway now let's uh, let's do one which was submitted in through the Flick Chat app. This is from Andy McCartan. He he submitted his review directly from Letterboxd. Uh, it says set in the rural village, this tale follows a family struggling to make ends meet as a mother has a crippling illness that has stolen her ability to communicate or walk. As the last of the mother's income from her former singing career dries up, so does the last of her strength. After the mother's death, strange things start to happen. The daughter and her younger son see visions of the dead mother. The mother's bell is heard ringing. This is a tense story that reveals family secrets, more deaths as they get closer to the truth. The atmosphere builds slowly and it has a few decent jump scares and some quality practical effects that sell the threat to the audience. All the performances are solid. 
from most of the cast, including the children. It blends its ghost story elements along with some dolce zombie invasion style action. Although the pacing was a bit slow for my palate, the last act is top notch action. So it's well worth the watch a three out of five for that one from Andy. So there you go, you linking it to Fulci as well, which I like. That makes me fucking happy. Andy, thank you very much for submitting that in, and I hope to hear back from you real soon on more movie clubs. Yeah, you guys, if you do reviews on Letterboxd, feel free to post them on the Flick Chat app, and we can just read them out directly on here as well. So there's a little bit of that. Now, there is a grand old tradition, as old as time, well, as old as this segment goes back, that when we come to finish off these uh, these movie clubs. There is one man that will close us out as our good buddy Lee from the Must Be Destroyed On Site podcast. Lee says this about Satan Slaves. Okay, time for another movie club. And this time out it's Satan Slaves. Glad you picked this one, Duncan, because this was one of the Indonesian horror films I had in mind to check out anyway as I've been sort of checking out some Asian horror here and there uh, in the last little while, independent of movie club or anything else. So, glad I finally got to uh, have an excuse to fast track it in my watch list, and here we go. Um, first off, I think it's pretty interesting to see uh, essentially a religious horror film involving demonic forces that are not Christian-based. Um, it helped add a little bit of a spice to the uh, overall tone and mood of things. Uh, it's not the same old stale, possessed people with exorcists trying to get demons out of them and angels coming down and all that boring shit. Um, now, maybe if I was brought up in a Muslim, predominantly Muslim culture, I might have a different thought on that. I might find this incredibly boring and stale, uh, being an atheist, um, and being brought up in a predominantly Christian nation, I guess. That's just the stuff you're inundated with all the time, and it just becomes, like, stale, boring crap. And that's generally why I don't like movies like The Exorcist and stuff like that. I just don't find them scary. I don't find them interesting. I just find them kind of boring and pretentious. I noticed that a lot of the ghosts and demons and related curses from East Asian cultures seem to revolve around women and childbirth, which is interesting. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it almost seems like these things, these morality tales are designed to punish women and put them in their place. Like, how dare a woman pursue a uh, career in the performing arts uh, when she should be home being a good Muslim and praying, and for that she'll become infertile and subject to the manipulations of Satanists. Feels a little uh, a little bit Stone Age to me, but then again, most religions aren't particularly great on uh, treating them like human beings. So, uh, I think that's something you can expect. Um, it would be nice if the movie sort of uh, discussed those ideas, maybe criticized that, but maybe, I don't know. I don't know what Indonesia's laws are like. Maybe you just can't openly criticize the Muslim religion in Indonesia. Um, from what I've seen, it seems like a lot of them focus on actually uh, showing quote-unquote good Muslims. And, and don't take that like I'm saying all Muslims are terrorists or anything like that. I just mean like, 
you know, Muslims sticking to the religion and praying and all that stuff. Like, he's, even when the movie is not religious-based, it seems like all the time you'll at least get one scene where you'll see them doing uh, their, their prayers or whatever. Um, like, which they have to do, like, five times a day or something like that anyway. So, um, there you go. Um, but overall, I thought this was very atmospheric, uh, quite suspenseful at times, and it was really well shot, claustrophobic, um, and you had a likable family stuck in this situation, so it added to the tension a little bit. Uh, the mixture of ghosts, demons, and even zombies with this sort of final siege sequence at the end made for a really engaging little horror film, I thought, and definitely something a little different from the Indonesian horror I'd seen so far. Also, one big bonus, no goofy comedy characters, which I fucking hate. I just, it takes me right out of a film, and I see this a lot in sort of East Asian horror films, especially like Indonesian and Indian and uh, this, those sort of cultures. Um, it seems like there's always like a weird comedy character popping up in a like a comedy sequence that just doesn't work. It's as bad as um, when they do it like with Bumbling Cops and Last Toast on the Left or uh, Bumbling Cop, uh, Charles B. Pierce and T The Town of Dread Sundown. It, it just doesn't work. It, it just grates on me. Um, but they didn't have it here, so it's great. Like any comedy that was in this film sort of came naturally from the performances of the characters. It came uh, as part of the reality of the situation rather than something that kind of bumped up against everything else. The sense of powerlessness that the people have against these demonic forces is almost Lovecraftian at times, hinted at in the film here. Like, did they talk about how uh, some of the evils here are older than religion? Like, they came even before religion. They're almost hinted like maybe they even came before Allah. That's what along those lines. Um, but uh, at least they they do have a way to save themselves. If they, if they are good Muslims and they pursue honorable careers and stuff like that, then uh, apparently they'll be looked out for and uh, their lives will be opened to be meddled with by demons and ghosts and things like that. You know, if there was any reality to the sort of situation, like if you didn't do your prayers and uh, you didn't work a job that is considered honorable or whatever or has merit... Um, that you suddenly be open to demons haunting your house, that'd be pretty fucking unsettling. Uh, that'd be kind of scary. But, uh, yeah, no, I like this quite a bit. Four stars out of five. Uh, quite recommended. Uh, and, yeah, I look forward to seeing what other people think of this one. And we'll see you guys again for another movie club next month. Bye-bye. And thanks very much to Lee for his review. Always great to hear from Lee. And that one's scoring pretty high as well. So across the board, this movie hit its mark. We, we have a lot of kind of four plus stars against the movie. A couple under four. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I feel good. I feel good about my selection. I actually feel giddy about next month's selection. And you guys don't have to wait long which to find out 
what it is and how you can partake. Um, I will be announcing that a week today. So next Thursday, you will get Movie Club for, wait for it, September 2019. Holy fucking shit. We are in the back end, the arse end of 2019. And yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing your, not only your reactions, but your reviews to the movie. It's a bit fucking cray-cray and that is what I want from these uh, Asian horror movies is a good sense of balance and to show you that these guys can do creepy haunted house movies but they can also go fucking bonkers so yeah strap yourselves in because it's going to be a doozy speaking of doozies this show's been a doozy and now I'm going to take a short break and I'm going to close out the show I'm going to do it right after this you're listening to the podcast under the stairs you've been listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been bonus episode 188 it was your listener reviews of Satan Slaves as part of Movie Club for Challenge Teapots August 2019 thank you very much to all the reviews that came in we did a lot of fucking reviews ladies and gents like a whole hell of a lot of reviews Um, that may be one that's had quite a bit more participation than most in recent memory I think we were close to about 10 reviews so yeah that makes me happy so thank you very much to everyone that got involved through all the different avenues there was some from Facebook Messenger there was some that came through the Flick Chat app some recorded on phone some recorded with mics it's all good baby and it makes me happy so let's keep this effort going throughout towards the end of the year that is the best way to support these particular segments there's a lot of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs as always as you come across check us out on apple podcast subscribe to the feed that way you get the shows as and when they drop and if you leave us a rating and a review it's the best way to support us on that platform you can also check us out at stitcher smart radio SoundCloud, google play tune in and of course spotify while you're at it you can visit us at our website it's tputscast.com and if you want to buy posters or pins and support us with a little bit of cash and get some cool swag it's tputscast.bigcartel.com you can visit us on Facebook we're in two different places we have a Facebook group page where all the listeners interact and chat about horror and the show that's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputscast if however you're only interested as and when the shows drop or occasionally check out a live stream or a Thursday Thursday to do that couldn't be any easier it's facebook.com forward slash tputscast you get into that with myself and the Baz and the twin prongs of social media sexiness Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at tputscast um, come and check us out in the Flick Chat app the conversations as soon as these shows finish continue with gusto over on that it's a social media app that connects podcasters directly with their listeners you can get it on ios and on android just search for flick chat create yourself a profile and they add us by adding by code the podcast under the stairs all one word and come across become part of our group which is about 90 folks strong now which is fucking nuts um, but yeah it's a ton of fun lots of things happening over there giveaways as well I do the occasional random competition I did one yesterday a couple of lucky winners there won some cool swag so yeah come across be part of it and uh, we will welcome you like the brother or sister we didn't know we always wanted but we're glad that are, are here now so there we go I don't know I don't know what I was going with don't know what I'm doing. Uh, so yeah, the podcast under the stairs will return tomorrow for you when we do a roundup, a recap of the month that was August 2019 with our August 2019 report. 
looking at the horror movies that made their way to the cinema, the big news and horror. Of course, what the bespoke labels put out and what podcasts of the theaters did. What was our top five most downloaded episodes of August 2019? But until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. Just life, please let me die in
pleased that we die in song.